Hello and welcome to the Cracking Cybersecurity Podcast after a glorious summer. I'm Anna, editor at TICE, and we are back with a new season of juicy cybersecurity content, advice and interviews for you. This week, we're looking at the supply chain and educating suppliers. As supply chains grow in size and complexity, so does the technology, data, transactions, users, and therefore the cybersecurity risk. According to the 2016 Security Breaches Survey, very few UK businesses set minimum security standards for their suppliers. So, how can organisations gain an improved awareness of supply chain security, and how can they work better with their suppliers? With me to discuss this topic is Martin Smith, MBE, Chairman and Founder of SASIC, the Security Awareness Special Interest Group, which aims to improve trust in the online environment. Martin describes himself on Twitter as a Bentley geek who's been around a long time, seen much and learned a bit. And he certainly has learned more than a bit about cybersecurity. Remember, I'll be back at the end of the podcast with a cyber tip of the week. But for now, here is Martin in response to my question, how can companies manage their supply chains? Shall I tell you what the situation is in most organisations? They have no idea what the supply chain looks like. The CISO probably doesn't even know who the head of procurement is. One of the SASIC work streams, and we work with the Chartered Institute of Procurement and Supply, is to educate the supply chain. So reaching out to organizations who in themselves are organizations. You know, they have a discrete form in their own right. They should also have a CISO, but many of them don't and you get to the end of the supply chain, you might be looking at, you know, a sole trader. But they all are within that circle of trust. So in most organisations, they don't know what that supply chain looks like. If they did, the CISO doesn't know what it looks like because they're not talking to the head of procurement. Um, Then they rely almost exclusively on the contract that they have between themselves and their prime suppliers that says will you look after our data to the same standards that we do and of course a supplier will sign that and say yes I don't know sounds alright to me just tell them yes then there is nothing that says to that supplier and would you also make sure that anybody that you supplies you so that it goes down the chain no, it doesn't exist So once you get away from your third-party supplier into your fourth, fifth, tenth, twentieth, twentieth-party supplier, I guarantee the message has got lost completely. And if I'm going to try and attack you, I won't come in through your front gate. I will find a supplier several kicks down the chain, I'll come in through them, and bingo, I'm in. So at what point should that that third-party, fourth-party, fifth-party be held accountable? Or every, every time, but they never are. Should and they change the contract? Should well, they... A contract doesn't do anything. It just, it's just a, a tick-in-the-box exercise. The successful organisations recognise this danger, and we work with a lot of them, and there are some really good people out there who have got themselves onto this problem. They recognise what their supply chain looks like, and they deal with their principal suppliers, and they educate their principal suppliers on the importance of adhering to their own cybersecurity standards and they also educate their third party main suppliers on what they in turn should be telling their suppliers 
but it's a very, very clunky me mechanism. And even then, it's, it's still very patchy. So you can look after your house as much as you like, but, you know, you've got to let the milkman in, you've got to let the cleaner in, you've got to let the postman in. And all those people need to be operating at the same standard that you are, and, and they're, they're, you know, many of them might be willing to, but they're not. Does the advent of GDPR change all that? GDPR? Yeah. Wow. You mean the data protection out on steroids? That's all that is. Nothing's changed with GDPR. It really hasn't changed. The reason we have GDPR now, with a 4% fine and millions and millions of is because we didn't take the proper notice of the Data Protection Act. You know, that's why the governments around Europe are bringing in GDPR, because nobody was listening to their own data protection laws. Um, GDPR is, it's a tool, it's another regime. It goes back forever. Every now and again, there's another law comes in, there's a big flurry of activity, and then everybody relaxes, and we go back to the, to the normal state. GDPR doesn't change how you secure yourself. GDPR, in some respects, is a victim of its own success because people will work to comply with GDPR, which may not be the same thing as working to secure themselves or their supply chain. As long as you've got enough or you're doing the things that will get you your GDPR. I'm a very old cynic, I'm afraid. I've been around a long time, 40 years, watching organizations duck and dive and avoid security because it's a cost, it's an overhead. And the most frustrating thing is that the best organizations and the most competitive organizations have the best security. And one of the things I ask clients, and this has been going around for donkey's years, but it's still a good one, is I ask people why do cars have brakes? And they all look at me as if I'm mad. Well, what do you mean? I say, why do cars have brakes? It's to make them stop. No, it's exactly the opposite. The fastest cars are the Formula One cars, not because they've got the biggest engines, but because they've got the biggest brakes, so that they can brake later and harder and take bigger risks and outbeat the competition. So a company with good security is like a car with good brakes. And it gives you confidence, it gives you surety, and, and it gives you credibility. A lot of organizations are saying, unless you comply with GDPR, Cybersecurity Plus or whatever, we won't deal with you. So that's a good way of doing it, but all that's doing is passing down the compliance tick in the box thing to the next level. What I like to see is organizations who work with their suppliers to help them be more secure, as opposed to just imposing upon them yet another requirement. Supposing a, um, an organization has a good overview of their suppliers, should they look at their suppliers on the same level or prioritize them? Oh, they do of course. I mean, it's like, it's like data classification. Some of your suppliers are more equal than others. Some will have more of your data. Some will have more of your sensitive data. Some will have more of your operational um, availability, continuity in their hands. You know, this is not a black and white thing. There are shades of importance with the supplier. And obviously, those that are your main suppliers that carry more of your data that leave you exposed at more levels, you need to really get yourself together with those people. Um, and then there'll be the people that do come up and fix your air conditioning. 
but even they are a potential danger as has been seen um, of course so something like GDPR something like uh, cyber security um, sorry um, cyber essentials these are all excellent things but they don't tell you my, the MOT I'm an old car buff the MOT on my car tells you that on that particular date my car was in a state that got it through its MOT now what happens after that is anybody's guess so all of these various ticks in boxes they, they help but the most successful organizations that are the most secure and work best with their supply chains are those that accept they have a responsibility to help their suppliers be secure not just to bark at them but to communicate work with them to help them well let's talk about that relationship um, in a bit more detail how do you gain knowledge of your suppliers how you talk to them talk to them face to face well i don't mind it doesn't matter you talk to them then these are the ones that matter these are the ones that could hurt you these are the guys who you are connected with these are the ones who have access to your they're in the circle of trust they have access to your systems to your data to your people to your customers to your networks talk to them they're not strangers they're visitors into your home if I ask you to stay in my house overnight and you steal my silver or you burn my house down because you were smoking in bed that is not a breach of my security my security was fine it's the breach of the trust that I placed in you to stay in my house overnight if you're staying in my house overnight and I am fast asleep and there's a knock at the front door and you go down and there's a complete stranger there who says oh um, yeah Martin, Martin let's become asleep here some nights when I'm in town and you say yeah sounds fine to me come on in and that's a burglar that is not a breach of my security my house was locked it was the breach of the trust I placed in you and that is the equivalent of a phishing email so I'm a great one for holding pictures in my head that's like why do cars have brakes um, how many people are there in your security department and when you're talking up to boards those are the sorts of messages which we find really powerful and I talk about this circle of trust and you can see the board thinking do you know what it's got a point I haven't looked at it like that before we're letting these people into our house yeah of course we don't want them to let us down too many organisations don't recognise the need to secure themselves let alone their supply chain and I also include in that circle of trust customers because a lot of customers are given access to systems and data and so forth. So I think a supply chain goes upstream to your suppliers and also downstream because you are supplying your customers with whatever it is that you're doing. So you, whoever you are, there is always somebody above you and below you. My old mum used to say, dogs and cats upon their backs have little fleas to bite them and little fleas have littler fleas and so on ad infinitum and that's the supply chain we are just part of it you might be the biggest bank or the biggest manufacturing company or the biggest government department but you are still part of a supply chain nobody is at the top of a supply chain we're all in the middle of one so we have a responsibility to the people that we supply and our suppliers have a responsibility to us and that's only going to happen if we all talk to each other not just bark at each other.
So say you discover that your supplier has bad cyber hygiene. How do you go about educating them? Well, the first thing you say is you've got to sort yourselves out, son, or we're not going to do any business anymore. I'm not having this. Now, there does need to be a degree of firmness. Um, I, I remember years ago, I, I was the, what we would now call the CISO, wasn't called that in those days, of a small bank in Luxembourg. And I used to fly back every Sunday night from Stansted for my job at this little bank, loved it, come back on a Friday night. And I was going back one Sunday evening, there was a guy sat next to me um, doing some very sensitive company business client work from, from the bank. And I leaned across and I said, excuse me, I don't think you should be working on sensitive company information in public. And he looked at me and said, oh yeah, and what business is that of yours? <laughs> so I held the moment and I said, well, just so happens I'm your head of security, <laughs> which got his attention. But his reaction was the reaction that you will get from anybody was, oh, I'm so sorry, I just didn't realize. So if a supplier is not being secure, it's probably not because that supplier doesn't want to be a good supplier and do what you want him to. It's because you've not told him what you want. So it's communication. Communication is the key to all of this. Firmness. Firmness, but clarity. Tell people, right, I've told you what we should be doing for our employees. Tell them in a language they can understand what it is you want them to do and why. And for that, read supplier. And for that, read customer. And anything else we can do to inspire change? I find as a supplier, one thing that um, really motivates me to change is when they say, if you don't comply, we will go somewhere else. The supplyee could be. Could be. There's a new <laughs> the word. Of the receiver of the supplier's <laughs> efforts always has that final sanction. I'm sorry, but you've got to comply with at least whatever it is, our policies. A lot of government departments now will not deal with any suppliers unless they've got Cyber Essentials and Cyber Essentials Plus. But what I find astounding is the very tiny, tiny majority of organizations that have even got that. It's not even, it's not even as much as 1%, I don't think. Because no one's telling them to. But if you want to supply a government department, you have to have Cyber Essentials, end of. I don't know, get you get your attention. Now, I'm not saying that that's necessary. Ultimately, I want to work with you. I want you to be more secure because I'm worried that you're going to make me poorly. So, but, you know, I get it. Let's, let's talk about this. Let's, I'll tell you what I want you to do. You tell me what you can do and we'll come up with a compromise. Is that fair enough? But so few organizations will take the trouble to communicate in that way with their suppliers. And they rely on a clause or two in a contract that the suppliers will sign anyway. And then if you've got really big suppliers, they'll just laugh at you and say, you know what, take us or leave us. You get that with a lot of big suppliers who say to their customers, yeah, I know what you'd like me to do, but this is what we do. And you've got very few other options to go to. And that's something that we find we discuss a lot in our um, supply chain work stream, is the reaction of um, suppliers who refuse to comply because it costs money. And you know what? There's enough people out there want what we've got. I'm just going to give you what we've got, and that's the end of it. And that's disappointing. And I think there is a, a, a back pushback, a 
pushback to that. But you know, big companies sometimes say that. That's it. If you don't like it, you can lump it. You know, suppliers are not dissimilar to children. You know, they look up to you, they respect you, they need you, but they also want you to tell them what to do. And if you don't, you end up with horrible little kids. It's no more... Co- I told you I keep that's images in my mind. That's an interesting um, analogy. People and suppliers are the same. Sorry, employees and suppliers are the same. They do not want to be insecure. They do not want to be the one that lets the side down. They want to do what's right. It's just that no one's explained to them what that is. I interrupted you. I'm sorry. Well, I just wanted to know your your key takeaways for avoiding pitfalls related to cybersecurity. Well, there are very few problems in this world that can't be solved by talking properly to people. And as an industry, technology-based, it is not our strongest point. Let's just say that. As an industry, the cybersecurity world is much more comfortable within systems and processes and not within the softer part of their responsibilities, which is communicating upwards and downwards to their boards, to their employees. A CISO in an organization has customers. Every single employee in that organization is a customer of the CISO. The CISO is not there to police the organization. The CISO is there to provide the organization with the specialist advice so that everyone can behave safely and securely. A CISO that's trying to police an organization will fail because there's not enough of that person to go around anyway. Plus, it's the wrong approach. You are there as a CISO to educate the whole organization on what they should be doing and to provide them with the tools to allow that. But too many in the cybersecurity world still see themselves as a police role. And that's never going to work. So, what's my takeaway? There's nothing that can't be solved by communicating with people. Um, And suppliers do not want to be insecure. They want to please you. They want you to continue using them. So talk to them. Talk to them all the time. But certainly when you're setting up a contract, talk to them then. And if they can't comply set a program so that you know within 12 months two years or whatever and and make sure that they do work towards that and they do work towards reaching your own standards and it works we see it all the time hope you enjoyed that and a big thank you to martin and as promised here is our cyber tip of the week Only download phone apps from trusted app stores or sites. Sounds obvious, but always check the legitimacy of the store. Before we go, if you have time, please do rate, review and comment on our shows. It really helps people find our episodes. You can also follow us at Tice News and tweet us your questions or even topic suggestions for our podcasts. We'd love to hear from you. For now, it's bye from us. Join us next week for more cybersecurity essentials.